Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior is born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. Well, good morning. I love this time of the year and getting Christmas cards and hearing all that's going on in people's lives and friends and family and the good news that is happening in their lives. We, we are a people who love to share good news. And just think about all that you share and the good things that are happening with you. We share good news when we get engaged. Lots of people get engaged during this Christmas season. And next thing you know... Rings are being shown and, and the excitement is in the air. We share good news when we get our first home and we thank God for a roof over our heads and we've taken so much time to save and prepare. And, and when God provides that home for us, we share the good news. We share the good news when we have gotten that job that we have really been praying for and hoping for. We share when a baby is born. And the joy and the amazement of God that He gifted us with this beautiful child. And I think grandparents ended up, end up sharing much, much more than the actual parents do themselves. And more photos and just the, the light. Ron Hillbrands has many of his new granddaughter. But we love to share the good news. What we say on the internet is as that news is being shared and, and the good things are happening, it goes viral spreads all over the place. Our latest good news at the Ritchie house I want to share with you. We got a new puppy. I know, right? He is cute. His name is Scout. He's a peekapoo, which I think 
really means for it means fluffy furball. He really is. He's a little cotton ball, just adorable. Pekingese poodle mix. And we tell everybody about Scout, and we've been bringing him everywhere, and people want to come over. He's a little depressed about the 49ers on that one. <laughs> we, uh, we bring him, and then my, my son Caleb just got into town, and when he comes into town from college, he, he comes into the house, and he doesn't really say hello to us. He just grabs Scout, and then he takes him to go to all his friends so they can see Scout and who he is. He's been a real blessing for us. We had, uh, we had the rushes over, little Jeremy Rush. It was his first experience with a puppy and, and just the delight of a child with a puppy. There's, there's really nothing better than that. But I find that everywhere we go, we're talking about Scout. And we're letting people come to see him and, and meet him and let him lick their faces, which people delight in. It's amazing how easy it is for us to share this kind of good news, isn't it? That we so freely get so excited about sharing this good news of a child, of a puppy, of a job. But my prayer for us, and as we go through this Christmas story this morning, my prayer for us is that we become like the shepherds, that we would be ones who would share the good news, but really the best news, that Jesus is born, Savior of the world. The shepherds were so moved by the Lord. And when they had seen him, when they had gone to where Jesus was, this is what happened to them. They spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And they went from shepherds to life changers proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Let's pray for that this morning. Father, I just praise you. Heavenly Father, I praise you for the gift of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we, we love to share good news. And I pray that through your Holy Spirit, we would be like the shepherds who, when they saw you, they went and shared the news, the good news. Father, help us when we're scared to do that, when we don't know what to say. Give us your words. Because the birth of your Son, Jesus, Savior of the world, is the best good news of all. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, let me read the story to you, the beginning of the story out of Luke chapter 2. And I, I, I got this wonderful uh, Bible in Israel, Bethlehem. And it's made of olive wood uh, from Bethlehem. And so I read out of this uh, Bible the story of going to Bethlehem uh, from this wonderful Bible I received there. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken, that the entire Roman world, for the entire Roman world, that was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem 
the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to the firstborn son, a son. And she wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them at the inn. Wonderful story of Jesus. The history is that Caesar's calling for a census, build his power more to collect more money, more taxes. It's really interesting when you study about Caesar and what was happening. There was a lot of names that were given to Caesar. People would proclaim him at many different names. He was called Son of God. And the Caesars were thought to be gods themselves. He was given the title Savior of the World, Caesar was. He would save the Roman Empire from any enemy. And when it was proclaimed, when Caesar came and when he ruled, that was called good news, the gospel. Caesar is in charge. This is Good news, let us proclaim it to the world about Caesar. And so in this political environment, powerful Roman government, it is this time and in this place where Caesar's claim to be savior of the world that God is going to invade. God in all of his power and all of his love is about to reveal the real Savior of the world, His Son, Jesus, King of Kings. And Jesus would show up in a way totally unexpected. It's upside down to our human thinking about how the King would come, the Savior of the world. He came in absolute humility, didn't He? Servant of all. Helpless babe born of Mary. And this journey that Joseph and Mary took, that Kevin was reading, as the time came. I want you to think about that with me, that journey to Bethlehem. Joseph and Mary are forced to head to Joseph's hometown because of the census. From Nazareth to Bethlehem, 70-mile journey, and not an easy one, and especially when you're with child. And imagine all that is going on with Joseph and Mary, and especially upon Mary. She was shamed out of her culture, out of her community. The name calling, you can only imagine, little harlot. You're with child, yet you're not married. Shame, shame, shame upon her. Young, isolated, lonely, scared to death. These images that we're seeing out of Aleppo, Syria recently give me a face sometimes to what Mary was going through with Joseph. And the pictures out of Aleppo are of these young mothers scared. Their whole city is war-torn and under attack. And then many of these young mothers are, are babes themselves and they're leading little children trying to escape with them, which does become the journey for Mary and baby Jesus and Joseph, doesn't it? This is what they're going through. 
the struggle and the isolation and, and feeling the shame from their community. And they finally show up to Bethlehem and they need a place to stay. And the words come, we have no room for you. They become officially homeless. But the owner of the home says, well, you can go into the nasty barn over there. It stinks to high heaven. All the animals are in there. But you can go there. I can only imagine Mary at this moment wrestling with the Lord a little bit. Can't you? And don't you do the same as you go along this journey? And here's what I imagine the wrestling to be. I imagine the wrestling to be this. Lord, God, I'm trying to be obedient to you. I want to be obedient. When your angel showed up, I really meant it when I said, your will be done, not mine. But is this really your will? Are you sending me on this journey? And are you bringing me to Bethlehem and there is no place for your son, Savior of the world, to be born? But this dark cave, this stinky manger, is this your will, Father? And I can hear the Heavenly Father saying, yes, it is, dear Mary. Be obedient to my will and let me show you myself in ways that you never even thought possible. And so the birth of Jesus comes about in radical obedience to the Father. You know what? Obedience is never easy or comfortable, is it really? Obedience puts us in that place where we are utterly dependent upon the Lord. And we receive from Him all that we need. And the thing that's wonderful, the thing that's wonderful is that we receive from the Lord all that we never expected either, more than we ever needed. And we see God in new ways in our brokenness, in our fear, in our isolation. But as we choose obedience, God meets us there. And I think in that cave in Bethlehem, God showed up in the most powerful way of all, the birth of His Son. God is at work. His kingdom is coming, not Caesar's. And His kingdom will invade the earth in that little town of Bethlehem. Do you know what Bethlehem means? It means house of bread. We were there recently in Bethlehem, Josh and I, and, and I wanted to show you a picture of, of, the, of the little town. And this is, this is uh, the center as you go into the Church of Nativity. There wasn't uh, the crane uh, there in the background back then, but it's a little town, and... and this wonderful church of nativity. And as you enter into the church in Bethlehem, there's a low door. And so it forces you to go low as you come in. And you do want to, as a follower of Jesus, you want to go low and come and worship humbly before the king. And so you go low and you enter in and you, you give your worship unto the king of kings. And we had a beautiful time of just praising God there in Bethlehem. But we go low, but the truth is, is that he went low first. He came humble king. He came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for all. 
humble king showed up in Bethlehem. Author Madeline Lingle says this, The virgin birth is far less mind-boggling than the power of all creation stooping so low as to become one of us. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And this same Jesus grew up and said this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. For my Father's will is that to everyone who looks to the Son, Jesus, and believes in Him, He shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Jesus, born in the house of bread, proclaims that He is the bread of life. It's a wonderful time of year to reflect on this whole scene of the birth of Christ. And at this time of the year, we love to sing Silent Night, don't we? It's one of the most beautiful songs. But the reality is, on that night, on that early morn that Jesus was born, it was anything but silent. You can only imagine baby Jesus being a baby and crying like babies do. You had all of the animals in there. That's a lot of noise. But then you also have, a, have heaven erupting with incredible joy and celebration. God's love plan, His plan for saving humanity through the birth of His Son, Jesus, it had to be announced. Proud Papa, Abba, Heavenly Father, He had to tell everybody about the birth of His Son. How was He going to do that? How was He going to share this great news, the best news of all, that His Son was born? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. And they were keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The most amazing event in all of human history, God in the flesh invades the earth for the salvation of men, and it's going to be announced to shepherds in a field. It seems to make no sense at all. Let me remind you a little bit about shepherds. Shepherds were the most despised human beings out there, according to Jewish tradition. They were dishonest. They were thieving people. You definitely didn't want your daughter dating a shepherd. The Jewish writings would say this in the Midrash, there is not a more disreputable occupation than that of a shepherd. They weren't allowed to bear witness in court. They were given no weight, no value. They were so crooked, most of them, that they couldn't be trusted to give testimony. My son has been born, and the first people I'm going to tell about it are you lousy shepherds out in the field. Why would he do that? Jesus later said as he grew up, I didn't come for those who are healthy. 
I came to heal those who are sick. Jesus always entered into the world of the marginalized, didn't he? The desperate, the lonely, those trapped in the weight of their sin. He came to free them from that. The burden and the desperation and the hopelessness, he came for that. And to those who were like the shepherds, who were outcast, to invite them home and to free them from this weight of their sin. Do you feel trapped in sin today? Surrender that unto Jesus. Believe upon him, and he will set you free. That's why he came. That's why he came to those shepherds, those wretched sinners in need of a Savior, just like you and me. And so the shepherds would soon go from pasture to proclaiming the good news. What was it that the shepherds saw that changed the course of their miserable lives? What did they hear? They're just out doing their normal shepherding stuff. And the angel of the Lord, verse 9, appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The angel, possibly Gabriel. And then all of God's glory. We can't forget this part. We talked about it last week. Light of the world. All of who he was showed up to the shepherds. God's glory. His presence. And you go, wait a minute. As you read the Bible, that's, that's the stuff that's saved for prophets. That's Moses' stuff on, on Mount Sinai. That's not lousy disreputable shepherd stuff. But God showed up right to them and revealed himself really to some of the most rotten people on the planet. Do you see the love of the Father? Do you see the love of the Lord? And the angel brings them good news. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. To us, shepherds, to you. He is Messiah the Lord. He is the Savior, the one you've been hearing about. All that the prophets have spoken of. The Anointed One. This is Him and He's been born. It's not Caesar who's the Savior, but Jesus. You know, there's a lot of powerful people who've come through the course of history. Life changers, world changers, impact people. You think of Warren Buffett and, and anything he does in the marketplace, the economy shifts because of his investments. Steve Jobs, who invented so much with Apple and really changed technology and the course of technology, impact people. Oprah changes the course of, of our buying habits. She says, I like this book. Millions will flock to get that book. Life changers. Movers and shakers and powerful people. But here's the truth about each and every one, including Caesar. They are not Savior of the world. And they cannot save you. They cannot save you from your sin. They cannot forgive your sin. They cannot bring you into right relationship with Holy God. They cannot offer you salvation and eternity with God. They cannot give you hope, real hope. They cannot give you real joy. They cannot give you real life. 
Only Jesus is Savior of the world. Do you need saving? Then surrender your heart unto Jesus, and he will give you life. That's why he came. The shepherds saw that. The shepherds were blown away that first Christmas morn. All of a sudden, verse 13 says, this heavenly host appears. So you've got just the angel and the glory of God, and then you've got all of the angels coming together, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace, real peace, which is right relationship with the living God, rest for our souls to those on whom his favor rests. This whole scene reminds me of Paul on the road to Damascus. Paul, who was against God and was out to kill Christians, in Acts chapter 9, reminds us, as he's walking along the road, all of a sudden, light of the world shows up, pierces him to the core. Jesus says to him in spirit, Paul, Saul, Why are you kicking against me? Saul is broken to the core. His heart is open to the love of God. And you know what? Next thing you know about Paul, instead of speaking against God and his followers, he becomes the proclaimer of good news. He becomes the proclaimer of the best news in the world. I have seen Jesus. And this is who he is. He's Savior of the world. He's Savior of you and me. And He will meet you right where you're at. Just like He met the shepherds right where they're at. Rotten scoundrels. You cannot miss the love of God as He he brings forth the good news to these shepherds. And isn't it amazing that the shepherds knew exactly where to go? They knew the mangers in town. They knew where the animals were. And so they went, responding to the good news. You can only imagine that they felt such incredible love of God as they showed up and they saw Jesus, Savior of the world, the Messiah, and recognized this Savior is just like one of us. Just like one of us. He's not born in a palace. He's not distant and away from us. He's just like one of us. And their hearts were changed, I think, on the spot. They had seen Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Eternity had been placed in their hearts, and God got a hold of their hearts, and they said yes, and received his love. The shepherds who had once been walking in darkness had seen a great light, and they would never be the same. And the thing I love about the shepherds, and I wish it was the same for us, is they heard the good news and they had to react. They responded immediately. And they run to go where he is. And they didn't just see a cute baby, they saw Jesus, Savior of the world. And this is what happens when they see him. The scriptures say, when they had seen him, they went and they spread the word concerning what they had been told all about what they had seen and heard about this child and all who heard it from the shepherds, these lousy guys, all that they had heard from them, the people were amazed at what the shepherds had said. And they went and they returned glorifying and praising God and all the things that they had heard and seen, just 
as they had been told. These rotten, disgusting shepherds that nobody wanted to be part of or have any connection with them, they became the first evangelists proclaiming the best news of all, that Jesus has arrived, our Savior, our Lord. They went out and spread the good news. They became the first witnesses, those who couldn't bear witness. And they shared the testimony, and people responded to the good news. Why would God show up to shepherds in the field if shepherds can become ones who bear testimony of Jesus? The reality is any of us can. That the lowest of low, the most broken of broken, can be transformed by the love of Jesus and then go and share it and proclaim it. It's for all of us. And my prayer for us is that we become like those shepherds. That as we receive the love of God, as we're transformed in our lives about who Jesus is, that we would go and proclaim it. I know a lot of times we go, oh, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't quite know have the right words. You think the shepherds were eloquent guys? You think they were well-educated and had all the right words about what just happened to them? Are you kidding? Do you know what they shared? Just what they had seen and what they had heard. And I think what God had done in them. We have to tell you about what we've seen and what we've heard. And they won immediately. And they were praising God together. Oh, that we would be like those shepherds. For unto us a child has been born, Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Let us be good news tellers of that truth. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for those shepherds. And I thank you for how you met them right where they were at, broken and in need of a Savior, and how you transformed their lives as they saw you. And Father, I pray that for each and every one in this room. I pray first for those who don't know you, Lord Jesus, that they would encounter you like those shepherds. That they would see you and see your radical love for them. And Father, I pray for us who are children of God and we love you. Father, through your Holy Spirit, would you empower us to be tellers of good news and of this good news. That, Father, that you came, God in the flesh, Jesus, so that we might have life. You came to die on the cross for our sin and forgive us our sin. You came so that as we believe upon you, that we would have new life, resurrection life, and be transformed and changed forever. And so, Father, may we tell that story. And embolden us. Help us not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are so thankful for this good news that you brought that Christmas morn. In your beautiful and precious name. Amen.